Hello and welcome to the The Sanity Podcast. I am your host, Sam Dusmay Jr. Follow me on all social media at The Sanity. That's T-H-E-E-S-A-M-D. Podcast is also up on social media at The Sanity Podcast. Subscribe to the podcast, five stars, nothing less, tell a friend. Podcast available on Spotify, Apple, Google, all major podcasting platforms. Search for The Sanity Podcast. TheSamD.com is where you can find everything audio and visual. Musical production done by May 1st Music. Support him at SoundCloud.com slash May 1st Music. Have you gotten a chance to sit with Ben and talk? Yeah, we're getting right into the shit today. No no funny anecdote. We're getting right into it. Um, Feelings going to get hurt. Just so you know. Be clear. Feelings are about to get hurt. Motherfuckers out here lying. Let's go. Honestly, I, I, I would probably say uh, I'm disappointed uh, because, you know. Remember I'm when the, he tries to flip this later and say anything, he doesn't want to be misquoted. Um, but, you know, just with going by, you know, what has been said, you know, through the media and, you know. So it's the uh, media's you know, fault. You guys based on your sources and Same stuff. media that hyped them uh, up to be I, second I, in I MVP voting. in the way that. Uh, I mean, same media that helped him get a mass contract. Able to do. Uh, you know, obviously we haven't done anything in the regular season that I got to be better. Everybody's got to be better. Uh-huh. Uh, but, you know, in the regular He's rambling season, now. Like, He's rambling. Know, we've been so good and so dominant that we know I mean, it's working. Uh, so I think is it's it working? about, you know, taking the next step and, you know, kind of like Everybody just playing up to their potential. Whether this is just me, word salad. Him, Tobias, you know, Shake, Matisse, you know, the new guys coming in, Drummond, like everybody's got to be on point. Uh, you know, to be able to win is hard. Uh, and, you know, I this is just all word salad. It, but I can see you get to the second round, then. He's saying nothing. Man, you get to game seven. Like, it's a lot it's, of words signifying like, nothing. So draining mentally. Uh, it's hard. It's not easy. Uh, but that's something that. You're not willing to do. But this last and part, though. I think my teammates are also willing to do. So I think it's all about, you know, everybody playing, you know, up to their potential. That part. So, look, I'm tired of hearing about that P word. That potential word has gassed up many a fan base, has gassed up many a front office, has gassed up many a player. That word potential does not merit when it comes to Ben Simmons. How many times do I have to tell y'all he is who he is? I did a whole pod after the Sixers got bounced up out of there in the playoffs yet again. That hashtag Philly will always let you down. I said, stop blaming Ben. Blame yourself. He's just being who he is. He's not going to be that much better if he gets better at all. Potential. What is this potential that you speak of when it comes to Ben Simmons? I'm tired of hearing it. He's elite defensively already. You want him to get better? He can't. 
Let me just put that out the way right now. He can't get better defensively. He's already elite. You want him to get better at facilitating? He can. He's already elite at that. Take him for who he is. Nothing's going to change. Whether he's in Philly or wherever he ends up, he's going to be who he is. It's not like he's going to go somewhere else and all of a sudden he's going to be dropping 30 a night. It's not happening. He is who he is. You know how many players teams have been banking on thinking, well, this guy has potential. He could potentially add this to his game. He could potentially add that to his game. Sure, but does it ever happen, though? Did Ben Wallace ever learn how to score? No. He was elite. He's a Hall of Famer now. Because he did what he could do at an enormously high level. Dennis Rodman. Could he score? In college, sure. Could he score in the pros? No. But was he elite at other things? Yes. Did he win championships? Yes. Did he end up in the Hall of Fame? Yes. So what are you asking Ben to do? He's elite defensively like Ben Wallace and Dennis Rodman. He's an elite facilitator. You're asking him now to do more, to reach your potential. That's never been in his potential. When have you seen Ben Simmons be a bucket outside of his viral hype videos? When have you seen Ben Simmons be a bucket? And don't give me the ancillary one-off games or the couple of two-week stretch. I'm seeing a consistent bucket where for a full season, whether in college or in the pros, where he went off and was giving you 25-plus. That's a bucket. In the professional ranks or the amateur ranks, 25 and up is a bucket. If he can't give you that as a youngin, if he can't give you that when he's raw and unproven, What makes you think he's going to give you that now in the polished structure system of the NBA where they have scouting reports and they can cater their defense to stop all the good things that you do? I'm tired of hearing potential in Ben. It's not his fault that you keep thinking he can score and he's saying, I'm telling you I can't. There's a certain transparency that's right there in front of you. He's telling you, yo, dogs. I'm not that guy. You think the Pistons could have went to Ben Wallace and told him, yo, we need 40 from you tonight. You know what Ben Wallace would have told Larry Brown? I can't imagine the string of cuss words he would have gave Larry Brown. You think if Phil Jackson would have told Dennis, like in the last dance, he talked about how when Scotty was out, they needed Dennis to step up. They didn't say, we need you to step up and score. We just said, we need you to step up. You can't tune out. You can't just kind of float because we always know we got Mike and Scotty. There's no Scotty. Mike's alone. We need you to step up. That step up didn't include scoring. That step up included focus to do what you do even more better. And that's what he did. But only when it comes to Ben are we asking him, be elite defensively, Keep creating all these three-pointers. And, oh, yeah, now go out here and give us 30. When he's never shown you the propensity that he could do that for over 82, 72, or even a college-length season. 
but yet you're still sitting here dreaming and wishing upon a star about it. Tired of this shit. More lies from Indeed. Just, just to be clear, when you say you're dis- you'd be disappointed or you are disappointed, what, comes what to are tap you dance. disappointed in? I'm disappointed in the fact that the media is giving them a chance to clean it up. Um, we've seen the results. We know our days. We know our looks. We win. Uh, no finals, though. We all winners. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter if someone is averaging 40 points. It doesn't matter if you know someone is coming off the bench is averaging two points. Uh, I think at the end of the day, oh, everybody boy. wins. What uh, is when it you saying? win a championship. This has nothing to do with the follow-up about, about like, disappointment. Everybody's going to get paid. Whether it's me, whether it's, you know. What does any of this have to do with the question? Like guys coming off the bench, the new guys and stuff. Somebody uh, get your mans. Winning cures everything. Rambling. Um, so Words out. We do that in the regular season. So I think, it, think it's been time. And it's time to take the next step. And I hope that, you know, What's the next really step? changes his mind. Uh, because, you know, uh, you know, if I didn't like playing with him, you know, but you didn't. You went in Harden. I would say. Uh, but you did. You told management Harden. Because he, he adds, you know, so much to our team. Uh, you know, we've been building. He's, he's not answering the question. You noticed that, right? Like, it's not. I don't say it as like, this is my team. I don't care. I don't care about any of that. Somebody That's, go get Jimmy. Somebody tell tell me. Jimmy I'm what you all saying. Live in the spotlight. You know, I got my family. I'm the family. lies people like, tell. That's not me. Like, I'm just trying to play basketball and have fun. I'm, I'm not trying to harp on this. I just don't want it to be. See, look at me. They're trying to help him clean his shit up. When y'all put it out there, y'all better put the tap in. Because I'm sure you guys are probably put already. He's helping you. Just shut up and let the man help you. That's what I'm trying to. Are you disappointed that, like, the situation is where it is now? Like, that he's not here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed that, you know, when this is. like the fifth time he said he's disappointed. I don't think I don't think it's fair. Yeah, that's you know. All this rambling can't be the headline, Joel. That's um, not how journalism you know, works. Is, you know, uh, I'm sure uh, coach has mentioned. You know, kind of so, put the context look, of this you know, is just, what he was trying rambling. to say and what he was trying to communicate. So now, now, now we get to talk about how this narrative that Joel's putting out there about he doesn't care whose team it is. Like I said, somebody go find Jimmy and have Jimmy. <laughs> pull up the receipts because when Jimmy was there it is conflicting reports so trust whoever you want to trust but people that I know that have, have given me solid info in the past told me that when Jimmy was there all of them were trying to be the leader <laughs> all of them were trying to be the one and Jimmy said look it's got to be one of y'all y'all as in Ben or Joel." And they were both low-key fighting for it individually before Jimmy got there. But then when Jimmy got there and off the nonsense, he endured with Cat. And we, we got some Cat sound. And we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. But after all the Jimmy stuff from Minnesota and he went to Philly, he said, yo, if this is y'all team, then one of y'all got to be the guy. So step up and lead. And what happened? Neither one of them did it. Ben seemed to align himself more with Jimmy. Once Jimmy said, well, fuck it, I'll be the leader. But in regards to one of them stepping up and putting their foot down and being the bona fide leader, none of them did it. So Jimmy did it. And then first chance Jimmy got, he got the fuck up out of there once he realized all the dysfunction that was happening behind the scenes that has now slowly started to finally creep his way to the surface. So Joel is out here saying he's disappointed. Disappointed in the fact that Ben did not want to meet 
with the Sixers, uh, to his Sixers teammates. They wanted to come out to Cal, and he's like, nah, dog, don't waste a trip. And, you know, Joel put another lie out there saying, you know, it's not that I don't want to play with Ben. Well, you didn't want to play with Ben because you wanted Harden for Ben. When that was a thing, you co-signed, you signed off on a Ben for Harden deal. So don't pull up now acting like Ben is your everything. When the reports came out, the deal was struck, Ben was informed, and then the deal fell apart. Management agreed. Doc Rivers agreed. The leader of the team, Joel, agreed. And Ben was going to be shipped for James Harden. And then whatever happened behind the scenes happened, the deal dissipated. Now you got to come out here and y'all played a whole nother season together. He went through what he went through. He got killed for what he got killed for. And he said, you know what? I'm good. I'm done with this. I don't want to come back here. And what does the now default leader of the team say? I need more from you. Well, you didn't say that when you was about to ship me out of here for James Harden. You were just going to get rid of me. Doc Rivers, who threw him completely under the bus, and Joel as well, after that, I don't even know what to call it, choke job, I don't know what you want to classify that loss to the Hawks was, but after that loss to the Hawks, Doc put him on front street. I don't know if I can win the championship with him. Joel called out the specific moment that everybody in the mama knew was a pivotal moment in the game where Ben tricked off and didn't want to take the layup. None of that is help building your teammate. None of that is helping enhance the relationship between you and your teammate. None of that is building a bridge towards repairing a relationship between you and your teammate. Yet here is Joel. Acting like he's a leader now. And I would love for someone in Miami to put a camera in front of Jimmy's face and ask him about this. Because I'm sure Jimmy's got all the shit to say. I know Philly fans don't like Jimmy. I know it. I know y'all feel a way about Jimmy. And y'all can crack jokes, but Jimmy's been further without y'all than he was with y'all. And that's a fact. More lies from Embiid. I'm just disappointed that, you know, he's not here um, because he knows it too. He knows we can win together. Uh, win what? I think uh, we just, I think we just all as a whole, I think, you know, a few of us have complained about the fans. A few, you know, as a including whole, yourself. We just need to just not care and just play better. Uh, just play our game. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Sure, people are going to go out there and tell, you know, how many people have told me that, oh, don't shoot three. Next Every time Joel gets an and one in the first quarter and he starts waving no, his hands no, up for I the fans care. to get hyped, remember these quotes. Like, last year I thought, you know, why they help us a lot uh, is that we didn't shoot a lot of threes. Uh, you know, uh, he's a lot of, th- he's have, a lot of lies know, coming right here. That, but I think he goes a long way, so that's something I'm going to do. If, you know, you want to, because you're not comfortable doing so, then don't do it. And in this that's situation, what he's, he he's been telling y'all to do. Other great things, uh, for the team that that's what he's been doing, Joel. He's not Joel. really needed at times. You know, at times he might be, but he's not really needed because, you know, defensively, he's a monster. And then offensively, he creates so many open threes. Okay, so more lies. All right, so let's, let, let's try to go one by one. The whole fan thing. So, <laughs> yeah, Ben doesn't want to come to Philly and deal with all the Philly stuff. 
uh, yeah, if you don't want to be somewhere, you don't want to, you know, open yourself up to criticism from that same fan base that you want no parts of. If you want no parts of it, then you want no parts of it. I don't understand how that's like a weak thing. It's like, nah, I don't want no parts of this. I don't want to be here. It's not just the fans. It's the job. It's the, it's my coworkers. It's my management. It's all of it. I don't want nothing to do with it. So that includes the fans. Yeah. In regards to <laughs> the three pointer thing. So Joel seems to be peeved that they took less threes last year. So let's, let's, let's dissect that here. And I looked this up. So we have, we have receipts. Regular season, uh, yes, the Sixers were towards the bottom. I think they only took like 33s a night in the regular season, while as the top team, I think, was Utah. They had like 43 threes, right? So a pretty big disparity. That's regular season. We know how it is in the playoffs. Playoffs, your trends get scouted. They take away your favorite stuff, your pet plays, things like that. So in the playoffs, I'm going to run down some of these playoff teams. And you're going to see a trend in regards to which teams got eliminated and which teams made it to the NBA Finals. Utah kept that same energy, shooting roundabout the same amount of threes. Then you had Atlanta. Then you had Denver and Boston and Portland. Noticing a theme here? Then the Clippers. Noticing a trend here? Then Miami. Then Dallas. Then... You get to Milwaukee. (laughs) So almost half the teams in the playoffs shot more threes than the team that won the chip. And Phoenix was only a couple more behind them. And then just behind them was Philly. So you want to shoot more threes, Joel. And that's the narrative of this, of this league now. We have to shoot threes, and that's because Steph Curry ruined basketball. I'll say that to my dying days. But now that we have all these guys that think just the easiest thing, well, I just have to shoot more threes. Well, that didn't win a championship last year. That's not what got the Bucs to winning a championship. Did the Bucs win a championship because Chris Middleton was lights out from three or Drew Holiday was lights out from three or because the Nigerian freak Giannis Antetokounmpo went crazy? Was his threes the one that put him over the top? Or was it the fact that he was unguardable, something that we thought you could be at one point? He did something that he could do better than anybody else and just dared them to stop it, and they couldn't. Joel, we once thought that about you. We once thought, God damn, this seven-foot-two Cameroonian is, is such a monster on the inside, yet and still, he ended up on John Collins' T-shirt, getting yammed on. It's time to talk facts. It's time to put these fables to bed. Joel is walking around like he's unguardable when he's clearly been guardable. As much as I've killed Giannis over the years, including last year, even through the playoffs, he stopped trying to shoot threes. He kept trying, he, he stopped trying to shoot that jumper at the top of the key. And he just kept going downhill on Phoenix and dared them to stop it. And through six games, including that ridiculous performance in game six, they just finally wilted and waved the white flag. No moss. We thought Joel was capable of being that type of big, but instead he fell in love with shooting the three. And it stopped him from being in that tier. 
Last year, the threes went down. He played more on the block. And you saw glimpses of him being what we thought he was going to be all them years ago when he got drafted out of Kansas. Now he's already giving you a fair warning. He's not going to follow up on last year's performance when he was more dominant in the paint. He's going to trickle back to the outside when he was on that Brett Brown shit, chucking them threes up. And he's saying with the fans, he doesn't care what y'all think. He's putting them threes up. So while the Philly fan base loves to wrap their arms around in Joel and hug him for all that they have because he's the only last remnants of the process. He's letting you know he don't give a fuck what you think. And that's who you standing on your square for? You ten toes down for him? I mean, he's letting you know, I don't care what you think. I'm putting these threes up. If I average 10, 12 threes like I'm 12, 13 threes like I'm Harden, then so be it. And that's your man's. That's what you're willing to spill mental illness for. You're willing to subject yourself to mental illness for that. And where's Maury? I think that's what infuriated me even more because, you know, if they're if they were actually able to flip Ben for a true number one. You would see Maury all over the place. He'd be tweeting. He'd be doing press conferences upon press conferences to get his flowers. But since he can't. And it's so clear that he can't. Because now you're hearing and we'll we'll get to Brooklyn and Kai Irving and all the nonsense with that later as well. But you're hearing, allegedly, that Kevin Durant is not allowing the Nets to entertain trading Kai, Kyrie, for Ben Simmons. But here's the thing. That clearly shows you what the value is because Kyrie ain't nothing but a a second option. Kyrie's not, not a number one. So that tells you what the value is. Kyrie's better than C.J. McCollum, but is he that much better than C.J. McCollum? They're both number two options. I mean, maybe C.J.'s a third option on a really good team. So, I mean, you know, that is what the value is. You're not getting Dame for Ben. You're not getting Bradley Bill for Ben. Trust me, we're going to get to Bradley Bill too. He's saying some wild shit out here. The value has been set. The line has been established of what Ben is thought of around the league and fuck your potential. Fuck what you think he could be. Fuck what you think he should be. Take him at what he is. He is a number two option and maybe a number three on a champion. That's who you have. And if Embiid goes back to being the Embiid that was under Brett Brown, who gave him the freedom to chuck them threes up, then what really is Embiid? Is he a number one? Is he a true number one? Or is he a number one by default? It's coming real close to where tear it down and build again is on the horizon for Philly. I know they don't want to hear that. I know the Philly fans definitely don't want to hear that. But it's getting real close to where you're going to have to figure, all right, bruh, if Embiid goes back to being the Embiid that was under Brett Brown that drove fans crazy from shooting way too many threes instead of getting his seven foot two, 300 pound ass on the block. If he's telling you he's running that style back, then why are you keeping him either? Because you know that ain't going to get it done in the East. Giannis gave you the blueprint. 
Now, Jimmy the Freak gave you the blueprint. Do what you do that you know no one can stop you. Teams want Embiid to shoot the three. Teams don't want Embiid on that block 20 times a night, getting up all the shots, putting all their bigs in foul trouble, causing doubles, kicking out threes. That's what they don't want. And your man's is telling you, I'm going to do what the other teams want me to do, which is chuck more threes. But I guess he's just going to be better about it, right? Because he just... Everyone could just go be better at something. Look at Nilakina. Next tape. Nilakina can't shoot. He could play great defensively. But he can't shoot. You don't think Frank Nilakina's been in the gym trying to be a better jump shooter? And he may even be lights out in these workouts, in these practice games, in these open runs. He may be lights out. But something happens when the switch comes on that when he gets in the game, it don't work. There's tons of guys like that. Tons. Tons of guys where in practice and shoot around, they're Steph Curry. They're Steph-like. They're Clay-like. They're KD-like. But then when it gets, gets in the game action, when them lights are on, when them cameras are on, when them fans are in the arena, it's different. Ben might be one of those dudes. We see all the videos. We see him on IG. We see him on Twitter. He's killing. He's shooting open jimmies. They falling. But when the bright lights come on, it ain't him. Not everyone is built to be that bonafide true number one alpha dog. Put the whole squad on my back. Let's go. Not everyone's built like that, bro. You can't make someone be something that they're not. So I will say it again. Stop blaming Ben, because it's not Ben, it's you. You know, I thought this week was going to be a uh, NFL heavy week. I had a lot of news and notes on that and observations from week week what, three, yeah, week three. But uh, no, NBA Media Day pulled up and was like, nope, everyone's talking. Vax talk is the talk all around the league, and goddamn, man. With what, with all the comments we heard yesterday from Media Day, it's hard to imagine that this league is 90% vaccinated. It's just, and it's, this is where if you want to blame the media, sure, but people have a right to speak and people have a right to say whatever they want. And uh, your man's A. Wiggins, Bradley Beal, D'Angelo Russell on the low, Kai Irvin, like they're all out here just spreading nonsense. So we will start. A. Wiggins, and you can make the joke. It's an easy joke. The joke's been made. But you can make the joke that no one likes taking shots better than A. Wiggins except this back shot. Andrew, I know it's a private issue, like you said. Last year, when we asked about it, you were a little more open. You said, you know, if I get to a point where Man, I have to take a long the vaccine, time to ask this question. He's, he's giving a lot of bail like up front. You're in a position where you're going to have to make a choice, and is is that frustrating? Because I know you have your personal beliefs, and I want to keep them personal. Giving them all the bail. You, know, you don't want to tell us, but are you at a spot where all you right, feel like you're let's see, let's see against got the wall? You have to make a choice either way. Is that speaking. frustrating? Um, back is definitely, you know, against the against the wall. Um, but again, word salad. These dudes all don't know what they're saying. 
whether it's one thing or another, get a vaccine, should not get a vaccine. Keep so, fighting for what he believes. Who knows? I'm just going to, you know, keep fighting for what I believe and what I believe is right. You know, what's right to one person. Here comes a right great follow-up off right the nonsense person. he just said. Andrew, you seem pretty convinced. Um, what's the reason for not just explaining what you believe? A.K.A. Um, fight. What's the fight? It's none of your business. It's what it comes down to. <laughs> you know? He um, thinks he got that off. He's, he's, he's not a, he's not a private citizen. This logic and this rhetoric works if you're a private citizen. Some people shed their beliefs into their children. Some people let their children to grow up and believe what they want to believe. All this works if you're not in the public eye. Who are you guys who are after explaining what I believe? Or, you know, what's right or what's wrong in my mind? We're two totally different people. Remember all what of this rhetoric. Think, not what I think. What I think is not what you think. Such nonsense. Andrew, we're, we're trying to help you tell mass audiences. Right. Get your shit off. If you really you believe it. You haven't done that. And get uh, ten toes down. Get vaccine. your shit off. Does that, does that make sense? We're, we're trying to give he you a voice here. I'll say something when I'm ready. Because you know, he don't know what the fuck he's saying. Let's kind of make it. All right, so. <laughs> all this rhetoric that everyone is coming up with, and you'll hear from Bradley Beal in a minute. Um, this rhetoric works if you're not in the public eye. This rhetoric works if you're not a professional athlete. This rhetoric works if you're someone that's off the grid. You don't have to explain nothing to nobody. But. Andrew Wiggins has endorsements from public companies. He has an Adidas shoe deal and he has a Fitbit sponsorship. You can't tell me it's no one's business when Adidas is using you to sell sneakers to the public. Now, granted, no one's buying away Wiggins, not in America, maybe in Canada, but no one is buying no Air Wiggins yet. And still, Air Wiggins is an endorser, is, an, is a sponsor, is getting a check from a public company like Adidas. So you can't run that rhetoric, A. Wiggins. You can, it's a nice try, it's cute. I see what you're trying to do, but it's, it doesn't make sense. Because you actually are a public figure, whether you want to or not. This goes back to the Barkley, you know, athletes and our role models. That's bullshit. You may not want them to be your role models, but because of what they're, they're on TV, they're online, they're paid millions of dollars, that it's also public knowledge, all this stuff that gets shared into the public, but yet you're saying you're private. Yet you're saying it's none of your business. Now, that logic rings true, but it doesn't ring true in this scenario. You can't tell me you're a private citizen, but yet your public information is out there. You advertise certain brands. You get a check. You use your social media platforms to promote brands. If you want to be private, then make all your social media private. Go dark. If, if you really want to be that off the grid, then be off the grid. But don't pop your head up only when you want to. It doesn't work that way. In a perfect world, you would want it to work that way. But in reality, what we have to actually deal with here, it doesn't work that way. I know sometimes when you when you get money, you think you can insulate yourself into a bubble. And while some people have been able to get that off, hi Kawhi, not everyone can get that off. So A. Wiggins, Bradley Beal, Kai Irving, and let's please not forget Jonathan Isaac.
are all out here spewing rhetoric in various forms. And it's amazing to me, if you take the points, and I did the math to make sure this, this works. If you have to choose your allies, who would you rather choose? Let's put A. Wiggins, Bradley Beal, Kai Irving, and Jonathan Isaac on one side. And on the other side, we have Harlem's own Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who's 38,100 and some points or 300 and some points is still more than the combined total points of Bradley Beal, Kai Irving, Jonathan Isaac, and A. Wiggins. Arguably, the GOAT has more points than the four of them combined. So choose your allies. You're going to choose that foursome or Harlem's own. And the rhetoric here stems from the Rolling Stone article where Kai's aunt, who's like anti-vax and ain't afraid to say it, who is kind of the mouthpiece for Kai, like it's weird. He's sending his aunt out to speak for him because this journalist, the same journalist who gave us the tea a couple of months ago about, you know, how KD and Kyrie are running the nets. Now he tried to double back and try to get more tea and he kind of got boxed out. I mean, that's a weird journalism move. You snitched and exposed all the real tea that no one on the nets has come out and publicly say is not true because they can't because it is true. And then he tried to double, double back. He tried to catch the re up for more tea to expose more shit. And then he kind of got shut down. So then he had to work around and go back and got Kyrie's aunt to speak on the record because he can't get no more informal realty because he already exposed the tea in the first place. So it's a weird dynamic, but this article came out and you have all these vaxxers, anti-vaxxers, and they're spewing the rhetoric. They're talking about how in group chats shit is popping off and people are dropping links about the Moderna's got a chip in it. And here's the thing I want to ask. If you truly do believe that, that the Moderna Vax has a chip in it, that the federal government is being complicit in whatever backroom setups you're going to do to make sure people from a certain community, underserved community, are getting chips installed into them through a vaccine. Do you think the government with all their power, all their money, all their high technology that's privately watching us that we're not even privy to yet, would be using Walgreens to do so? Seriously. Do you think all this high technology would be funneled through a Walgreens? That they would trust Walgreens employees to funnel their secret mission, their secret plan? This isn't Tuskegee. Stop bringing up Tus- Tuskegee. This is not Tuskegee. Go do some actual research on what Tuskegee was, and then you'll quickly realize there's no comparison. There's no correlation. Stop it. If you just don't want to take the shot because you don't want to take the shot because you don't trust it, that's one particular thing. But then when you say you don't trust it, you actually need to have some reasons why you don't trust it. If you don't trust it just off the strength of why I don't trust the government, then why are you paying taxes? Again, go off the grid. Go off the grid. You trust the taxation and the bylaws that allow the rich to get richer. You don't trust the facts. Okay.
Okay. Which leads me to Bradley Bill, who caught the Rona, survived the Rona, lost his sense of smell because of the Rona, but is still not vaxxed. And he has a lot of questions as to the vax. Now, again, this is someone who is speaking as a survivor of the Rona, where we just saw Cedric Ceballos, who was in ICU, looking like he was going to be out of here, for real, for real, and who has bounced back. He had tubes in his nose. He had all types of stuff going on. It was looking bad for Cedric Ceballos, former slam dunk champion. And he bounced back, and then he went out there. He was taking pics, and he was out in the streets. I mean, he probably shouldn't have been at the top golf with no mask on, but hey, look, he survived, right? But he was in ICU all laid up. Bradley Beal has a lot of questions when it comes to the wherewithals and the strengths of the Rona. I would like an explanation to, you know, people with vaccines. Why are they still getting COVID? Because of you. That's something that we are supposed to highly be protected from. Like, it's funny that oh, it reduces your chances of going to the hospital. The vaccine is not a cure. It doesn't eliminate anybody from getting COVID. Because it's not a cure. So everybody, is everybody in here vaxxed? I would assume, right? Just, 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 just so stupidness. You all can still get COVID, right? Because of people like you, yes. Okay, just but the 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 rhetoric. You can still get COVID because of you, right? So, and you can still pass it along with the vax, right? What part of I'm preventative doesn't he understand? There's a cure, and then there's preventative. And here's here's the here's the follow up, like dog, you had COVID, you you still out not getting vaxxed? No, 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 dog. No, that didn't that wasn't the case. I mean, yeah, I had it, but that doesn't mean I can't get it again. You know, right? I mean, because no people like you were still on Like I can, yes, I developed antibodies for it, so. My chances would be, but less that's not now as well, right? Antibodies but is not a vaccine. Wow, still a possibility. I may get it, just like there are players and coaches and staff oh, who are vaccinated, missing camp right now because of it. So, <sighs> yo, bruh. So, um, he can't smell. <laughs> okay, we we are born. If you have all your functions and everything is fine when you're born, you have five senses. Bradley Bill is down to four because of the Rona. He has chosen to not prevent himself from losing the four remaining by choosing not to get vaxxed. He is putting those other four on the line. People have lost the sense of taste. People have lost hearing. People have had shortness of breath and have lost touch. I don't think anyone's sight has been affected. I can't speak to that, but I'm sure somebody will let me know in the comments or on on social media if someone has lost vision because of COVID. But as far as I know, you can lose four of your five senses. There have been reported cases of losing four of your five senses due to the Rona. And man's is out here just, eh, well, I only lost. I mean, I guess if you had to choose one, I wouldn't know which one I would elect to choose if I had to choose one. But he seems to think losing the sense of smell is not a big deal. And as someone who loves to cook, I could never 
I would lose my mind if I couldn't smell. I, I just don't know how you could just electively just, eh, smell, eh, kind of overrated. <laughs> I mean, this is what Bradley Bill, this is the nonsense that he's spewing. And we're going to get to Des, Des Bryant and his comments on Kaepernick and part of his rhetoric was about, you know, you had a chance, you had a platform and you didn't choose to, to do well. well. Well, look what these athletes are doing with their platform, Des. Look what A. Wiggins and Bradley Bill are choosing to do with their platforms. A. Wiggins is out here saying he's, he's going to fight. And when he's asked, well, what's the fight? He says, it's none of your business what the fight is. But I'm telling you publicly, I'm going to fight. Well, what's the fight? It's none of your business. Respect my prophecy. And then you have Bradley Bill, who... <sighs> Look, man. I'm not... I'm not here to tell people what they should do. But if I would have had COVID, and I would have lost a sense of smell, and I would have looked around and seen how many people died how many people have been greatly affected lives have been changed forever legacies generations have been changed forever due to this rona and you're going to sit up there and say well how come this vax is not a cure when those two things are clearly different the flu shot is a vaccine you can still get the flu same thing with covid you can take the vaccine and you can still get COVID. What it does is it lessens the impact of what COVID can do to you and your body if you do get it. How hard is that for Bradley Beal to be able to understand? I'll say this, and I think I've said this here on the pod. Maybe it was somewhere else, but I think part of the rollout was problematic in that the vaccine was looked upon as a savior. Like, the vax is here, okay, things can go back to normal. That was never the case. That should have never been pushed like that. What should have happened is the vaccine should have been explained more thoroughly. Yo, or more bluntly, as I've been saying, take this and you won't die if you get it. If you get the Rona, you take this shot, you won't die. That's all the selling I needed. But part of the rollout seemed like this was this superhero vax that was going to cure it and whatever. And that's not what it was. So I think that's the language was problematic. But the fact of the matter is, it's still a vaccine and the vaccine can help. Can help to be a preventative measure from spreading and spreading a lethal, potentially lethal disease. And I don't know about you, Bradley Bill, but I like breathing. So I'm not going to let anything take me out of here. That's not of that's not of my own doing. If I would be laid up in the ICU like Cedric Sabalos and I was checking out of here just because I didn't want to take a shot or I didn't want to wear a mask or I didn't want to practice social distancing, I would be fucking furious with myself. Absolutely furious. The thing that boggles my mind the most with the likes of Wiggins and Beal, you know, spewing their rhetoric and D'Angelo Russell, he didn't say anything. Or at least I couldn't find the sound. Uh, But he basically said, you know, he thinks what Kyrie is aiming to do in terms of not playing home games because he doesn't want to be vaxxed. And in New York and in in San Francisco, in Wiggins' case, uh, you have to be vaccinated if you're coming to an indoor arena. Um, 
D'Angelo Russell said it's like a heroic thing. Like he was basically giving props to what Kyrie is doing and I guess to a lesser extent A. Wiggins, although he didn't mention him. The thing that boggles my mind the most about this is like, especially if you take Bradley Beal's case, he's got Spencer Dinwiddie sitting right there in his locker room. Spencer Dinwiddie is one of the most forward-thinking, outside-the-box thinkers you could find in the NBA. He's one of the first ones up on the crypto years ago, not within the last year or six months or two years. Like, years ago, he was talking that crypto shit. He's been up on NFTs and using your own likeness for stocks, and he's he's very much a forward-thinker, outside-the-box, against-the-grain type of dude. If there's anyone who would be on the type of time to believe, yo, the government is doing this, or yo, this vax ain't really a cure, it's not even a preventative measure, because you can still get it, yada, yada, it would be Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie is vaxxed. <laughs> so Bradley Bill could go right over to Spencer's locker, and be like, yo, dog, put me on game. I caught COVID, I lost a sense of smell, I don't think it's that big of a deal to lose a sense of smell. I'm not trying to get that shot. Tell me why you got the shot. And I'm sure Spencer, in his own way, will break down why he got vaxxed. So it's not like you have to go researching and doing deep dives onto some dark part of the web. You have a dude right next to you who low-key, outside of this vax stuff, might be on that type of time with some of the rhetoric you're spitting, but... He had the wherewithal to go get vaxxed. So run up on him and get the information. He's probably already done the research, like the actual research, not Reddit. You know what I'm saying? Not IG comments, not private YouTube videos, not any of that stuff. Like actual research. Dinwiddie's probably done it. And then in the case of A. Wiggins, you know, they, they said that after, you know, his whole running with the reporters and on media day, like, Bialitsa, who's on that team, in case you didn't know, for fantasy reasons, lots of threes. Bialitsa told him, yo, just get the shot. Like, he heard all the, you know, the back and forth with Wiggins and the reporters, and uh, allegedly he told him, just get the shot. Like, dog, if this European player who's a fringe player bounce around the league, you know, it's not it's not long for the league. I don't think Bialitsa's going to have a 20-year, 15, 20-year career or whatever, but if he has the wherewithal and the smarts to know, I'm just going to go get this vax so I can keep a job, get this pension, get as many million-dollar contracts I can before I go back to wherever home is for Bialitsa. If he has the wherewithal to put that type of logic, the same nonsense logic that the anti-vaxxers are using, there's pro-vax logic where, yo, dog, I need a job. This job requires you have a better chance of keeping a job if you're vaxxed as opposed to unvaxxed. Okay, I'm just going to go ahead and get this shot, bro. I want to keep these M's rolling in. I'm just going to go get this shot. And Wiggins, him and Hard, apparently, after talking with Bialitsa, and he's still on that type of time where he's trying to fight, a fight that he feels he doesn't have, doesn't have to tell us about, even though he's publicly endorsing Adidas, Fitbit, and others. And he's wearing company patches on his NBA jersey that are making money for his organization that is fed through the TV revenue, which is fed through fans watching TV. So the nonsense of, I don't need to tell you because I'm a private person. Your money, your contract, 
your M's, your generational wealth, is tied in part to the fact that fans watch TV, which generate numbers for TV, which then generates the revenue that TV could then offer to the leagues, which then makes the value of these teams skyrocket, which makes billionaires, which means the billionaires could then shuckle down millions to players like yourself. To where then you could then go get endorsements from other companies and leverage your likeness with companies like Adidas, like Fitbit, but get your private person. Fuck your son talking about. But let's let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's play the game. Hey, Wiggins, you feel this strongly, right? If you feel this strongly about what the government may do to you, you you're low-key subbing Tuskegee when it has nothing to do with this, okay. You have the wherewithal to where you can pull your money. You can take yourself, Beal, Jonathan Isaac, and Kyrie. Y'all can pull that bread together. And Wiggins is from Canada. He could go to Canada, get an independent research team together. Team of scientists, doctors, pharmaceuticals, representatives, whatever. Go build your own vax, bro. If you don't trust the vax that's available to you here, you're from Canada. Go up there and research and create your own vax that you feel safe about. 90% of the league is already vaxxed. We're only talking about the 10% of you. Go up to Canada and create a 10% vax. I don't know what you're going to put in it. You could do the, the black seed oil. You know, you could try to put some sea moss in there. You could, whatever organic essential vax you want to put in there, go ahead and do it. Shit, if it's, if it's dope, I'll take it too. I want all protection against this bullshit that's out here. When Magic got HIV, right? When Magic announced he had HIV. People thought that was a death sentence. They thought, oh shit, Magic Johnson's going to die. And he didn't. And he didn't go by the wayside like tragically so many other HIV and then uh, AIDS victims. He still looked the same. He came back and played ball. He was working out, putting on muscle. He was hooping like, I mean, not like he did before, but, you know, he was old at that point anyway. But, you know, he was still a respectable NBA player. And he came under fire because they were like, well, shit, what drugs you taking? And it turned out Magic had the best of the best. He had the most upper tier, high tiered, exclusive HIV medication you can have on the market. And now those pills, those those medicine, that medicine was not available to the rank and file, to the normal everyday citizen, to other HIV victims. So he caught a lot of heat for that, but he had the bread. He was a noteworthy star. He went out there and campaigned to try to bring down prices of HIV medicine, although at the same time he was taking the high-priced HIV medication because he could afford it. And even if he couldn't afford it, he was a big enough name that they would let him get it for the low because he could publicize the brand and rinse and repeat and get, you know, you know how it goes. So either way, he was going to get the best of the best. This isn't the case with the Vax. Low key, that's why I didn't run out and get the Vax right away. 
I wanted to see the side effects because with anything that, that you roll out new, there's going to be side effects. There's going to be problems. There's going to be bugs that you got to work out, whether it's technology, whether it's a new product, whatever, shoes, cars, whatever. Anything that you can consume that's been mass produced, there's going to be some bugs in the system initially. So I'll wait. So I waited for the vax, waited to see people affect, how it affected people, this, that, and the third. And, you know, then I eventually got it. Once I felt, all right, it seems they have worked out enough of the bugs to where they have figured out a good formula. All right, I'll go ahead and rock with it. The same Moderna that rich people got, you can get. The same Pfizer that affluent people got, you can get. The same Johnson & Johnson that celebs got, you could get. There's no tiered system. There's no Illuminati vax that's floating around that's super high powered. And if there is, we'll be dead and gone before that ever comes to light. But the fact of the matter is, is that people in certain communities that are well served are getting the same vax as those in underserved communities. So once those people, the haves, are getting the same thing as the have nots, that should be enough of a sign that this is okay. Because trust. Like I said, but magic, there was a time where there was a have that was a tiered in terms of medication. I mean, there still is when you look at some pills, some pills you get the brand and then you get the off brand meds. Brand meds are $300 a pill. The no frill Johns are about $20 a pill. But when you had the HIV medication with magic, the price difference was so crazy that you had no one could afford the magic HIV pills. No one could afford that. You know, and as someone that has experienced someone that passed away from that disease, it, it made me feel a way to keep it all the way 100 with you. But there's nothing that that person could do. Couldn't afford it. So what happened, happened. What the inevitable happened. And Magic's out here living his best life. Still on those meds. But the Vax isn't comparable to that. There's no tiered Vax. The only tiered is which one did you get? You get Moderna, Pfizer, or Johnson & Johnson. That's it. And it was all free. Like I said, you can get it at Walgreens. So the narrative that's been pushed from Wiggins, Beale, and everybody, it's just, it's frustrating. It's frustrating because, anyway, and we'll get to Des. But when you see athletes who have a platform and have a chance to impact and use their voice, then they use their voice for what you feel is something that's nonsense. That's the other side. Just like we have non-athletes, media members, blue check boys who get on here and use their platforms to spew whatever rhetoric that we may feel is stupid, idiotic, misinformed. Athletes are the same. It's not just Cole Beasley. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's funny to make jokes that is, you know, the Cole Beasleys of the world. But unfortunately, it's the Jonathan Isaacs. It's the Andrew Wiggins. It's the Bradley Beals. It's the Kyrie Irvings. I've talked a lot here about the sports media landscape and how there's a formula to it. And I guess Des Bryant, since he can't catch on the roster anymore, he's jumping in. And he's jumping in with both feet and he's jumping in on the Brandon Marshall vehicle. And he had says the thing. And I like that I've talked about here every day. Everyone in the sports media landscape is vying to be the one to say the thing, to say the thing that goes viral, to get the clicks, to get the likes, the hearts, the retweets, the think pieces, the quote tweets and all that stuff. So Des jumped out the window and said the thing. And I will not put my spin on it. I will just play it for you. You take it how you will.
Like, I respect Colin Kaepernick. All right, well, hold on. <laughs> he knows some bullshit is coming when they start with that. I respect Colin Kaepernick. There's no respect coming. But there's one thing that I don't respect. Yeah. I said it when I get the opportunity and to get on the stage to say it. I oh, when he gets a platform, when he gets a show, when so he gets no a chance to interview. Like but brother, you this have the biggest opportunity in the world to create jobs, build jobs, give jobs to people. Is Kaepernick the, the president of was talking about the people that that you so-called Did standing up for, the people who stood beside you, the people who lost their jobs because of you. Where you at? Who, who lost their job? He brought the awareness, and that's why I respect him. What's Wait. the call to action? It wasn't one. It wasn't no call to action. Hold up. Who lost their job because of Kaepernick? Because Kaepernick actually lost his job. That was the whole point. What is that? What is that is talking about? Who lost their job? Somebody let me know who lost their job because Kaepernick protested because Kaepernick's the one who actually lost his job, was blackballed and never played in the NFL ever again. That's the job that was lost. I'm I must be misinformed. Maybe Des knows something I don't. I doubt that. But maybe Des knows something I don't because who lost their job because of Kaepernick? Nathan Peterman is still out here. He still has a job. Kaepernick does not. There's a McCown floating around here, still on the NFL roster, and Kaepernick is not. He had to sue the lead to get a bag, and that bag has been misconstrued ever since he got that bag. That bag, which has never been disclosed, because there's a whole bunch of NDAs on top of that. That bag isn't just, oh, here's some money, go away. That was basically back pay. That was lost wages. So you're asking Kaepernick to pay the money that he was going to earn as an employee to now just give that money away to what, to who, for what? I don't understand this. I don't understand where Des is coming from, but then you have to look deeper, right? You know, you know what I try to do here. Everything is nuanced here. I don't just give you generic shit. We dig deeper. So Des is still rocking Rock Nation. You already know where I'm going. <laughs> so he's Rock Nation. He gets to wear the paper planes and all that type of stuff. And it's, it's a status symbol. And it means you're cool. You're down. You're what's up. Yes, and I said those things in that way to show you how I feel about the people who really feel that they are cool down. What's up? Because they have a paper fucking plane on their apparel. So, we know what Ho said. Ho said it's over for that kneeling. He said it in a bar. Everyone went crazy. Streets went wild. Everyone was like, oh, okay, word. Now, that, that's the line that we're going to run with. Because Ho says quotables. He gives us quotables. The problem is, it's over for that kneeling. And the reason why he said that was because he was already talking to Godell to get Rock Nation to do the halftime show. That's the part he doesn't say. Capitalist Hove, only looking out for the one in the mirror. That's been his mindset ever since he decided he wanted to get the fuck up out of Marcy. So I don't know what, what this is with Dez. I don't know if this is a smear campaign. Like, I don't know why. Who's he even talking about? Like, I talked about Kaepernick last week only because I think Cam is being blackballed. Like, that's the only reason why I would even bring up Colin Kaepernick in the year 2021. Like, sadly, that thing kind of just died a slow death. 
And now here's Des Bryant bringing it up again because he knows saying anything Kaepernick, if you're another athlete, will probably go viral. So here he is dragging his name out there again. And he was kind of anti-protest, anti-kneeling, but that's that cowboy shit, right? He was one of Jerry's boys, right? I mean, look, we could talk about what really, how Des was really moving out there in Dallas and what type of help he needed behind the scenes just to keep afloat. We can talk about that. We could, but we won't. But what it is, is we have Des trying to make a name for himself, trying to make a big splash into what now is clearly the second part of his life. Because the first part is done. He's done as a football player. Even when he tried to come back, he wasn't really, I mean, you know, they tried to answer Lamar Jackson's woes at receiver with an old, slow Des Bryant. So Des is back out here on this Kaepernick thing, and I can't understand how we're asking Kaepernick to be something again, just like we did with Ben Simmons, or not we, but y'all. Did with Ben Simmons, you're asking him to be something that he's not. Who asked Colin Kaepernick to be a leader? And this goes back to a conversation I had with someone last year during the quarantine, during the pandemic, during the social unrest and everything like that. I had a person, a white coworker, former coworker, you know, we, we would reach out and, or he would reach out to me and we'd talk about some racial stuff at times, just kind of air stuff out. And he asked me point blank or told me point blank, black people need a leader. And he said, who's, who's the new leader? And I said, there is none. And I said, and I'm very happy for that. And he said, why? I said, because every time we have a black leader, this country kills them or enslaves them in prison. So I'm very happy that there's no leader. And the leaders that they have given us that have not died or been in jail have been FBI informants. So either you're dead, in jail, or you're turned by the feds. Those are the three outcomes for our leaders. So I don't remember who was asking. I don't know anybody of note who was asking Kaepernick to be a leader. I don't remember that. I don't remember anybody that I respect who made a compelling case for Colin Kaepernick to be a leader, to go be a job creator. He was a football player. He was a quarterback. Are we asking that of anybody else? Are we asking Mahomes to do that? Were we asking Steve McNair to do that? Culpepper? Vince Evans? Were we asking any of them? And what about the white ones? Were we asking any of the white quarterbacks to do that? Were we asking any of them to be a job creator? Drew Brees was a scammer. He preyed on underserved communities in New Orleans and stole money from them. Are we asking him to be a job creator? So what are we talking about when Des Bryant brings up tired narratives and old narratives and narratives that don't really ring true in 2021 and I don't think they rang true in 2016? You wanted Kaepernick to speak for what? To say what? Every time he spoke, he got destroyed in the media. So you know what he did? He shut the fuck up. He wore them socks, right? With them pig socks that had the, the cops depicted as pigs. He wore that shit. He got killed for it. 
He was down there in Miami. He wore the Castro shirt with Malcolm X. He got destroyed for it. So you know what he did? He shut the fuck up. So he said, no matter what I'm saying, even though he's spitting truth, he's spitting truth about the systemic racism, the systemic racism, the institutional racism that has been in this place and in this country, legal and illegal throughout its history. Exterminate all the brutes. Still available on HBO Max. He's just spitting rhetoric. But to tune him out and to tear down his truth, you poke holes at shit that doesn't really matter a lot. What matters more? The facts that he's giving about police brutality or the fact that he's wearing a t-shirt with Castro Malcolm X? What matters more? This the information and the groups that he's helping and providing assistance to that are helping voter suppression or the fact that he's wearing some socks that have cops depicted as pigs. What mattered more in the grand scheme of things? So after that happens to you a couple of times, you know what you decide? Oh, I'm just going to fall back. I'm going to keep moving the way I'm moving, keep helping the way I'm helping, but I'm not going to say shit. Because every time I come out, they're going to tear me down. They're going to find ways to poke holes to discredit what I'm trying to do. So, much like your man's capitalist hove who everyone says, oh, he's doing all these things behind the scenes. Kaepernick has decided to do the same thing. But yet we're calling him out for it. Des Bryant is still with Rock Nation. To do what? I have no idea. He's trying to rebirth himself a career, rebirth himself some semblance of importance by jumping out the window with a hot take. And if you look at Rock Nation and the people who run Rock Nation outside of Hove, uh, you might want to do some Googling. That's all I'm going to say. You might want to do some Googling. There's some things you can find. Google is your friend. Quite frankly, it's just it's just an asinine proposition to put yourself in if you're Des Bryant. You're Des Bryant, you're jumping out the window. And, you know, we have to talk about that, that podcast, putting that out. But again... This is what I talk about. Like these, these athlete-led like platforms are basically just remixes of the mainstream media platforms. They learn from the mainstream media platforms and they go off and they do their own thing, which is basically the same thing, just with different talent. Just with athlete-led talent instead of, you know, blue check boy-led talent. Does that really make much of a difference? No, because they're all vying to do the same thing. They're all vying to go viral every single day. They're all vying to go click to get clicks and retweets and everything else. So they shouldn't have led with this clip to this clip. People are going to now look for that episode. So it'll do its job. But in the sense of you're trying to create a platform for athletes to come and get their shit off. Right. So the logic is, well, Dez came and got his shit off. So what's the problem? The problem is, is that when you're using that to be a viral clip, you're now giving mainstream media the opportunity to take what you're putting out there and now make it their own topic. So now people aren't really going to go listen to that podcast. Now they're just going to go listen to the mainstream media. Talk about that podcast clip. You watch, you watch. And that's where I would have assumed Brandon Marshall was smart enough to know that, but in the desperation to go viral, the desperation to get clicks, retweets, to build your brand up, you'll do whatever it takes to get these clicks. So that's what he's going to do. So he's going to have the full of the network, the three letter networks all talk about it. 
in hopes that that leads people over to his platform, which I don't think it is. I don't think it's going to work. Call Anthony Towns. The last time I mentioned him here, I was asking you, the proverbial listener, if you can name 30 basketball players that are better than Call Anthony Towns. And that for some reason became a really interesting conversation. Like I pulled it out, pause, at a few events, few barbecues, few parties, and I got some really interesting responses. And it varied from generation to generation. It varied from race to race. It, it really was a polarizing type conversation. And those are the types of, types of conversations I like to have outside of who's your top five, who's your top ten. Like that's just generic shit. Like I said, we do nuance here. So having types of conversation where I'm like, yo, dog, on the spot, name me 30. And I had people name 20. Had people name 15. I even had a couple name me 31, 32 players. And I'm like, oh, shit, okay, because those are the types of conversations. Those are the types of people I'm going to have those types of conversations with. But call Anthony Towns. I was going to lead this podcast off. We have talked about the dysfunction of the Timberwolves and how they had to fire or they let go, which is a corporate term. They let go their uh, VP of basketball operations. And they did that like two days before training camp, which is not a good sign. The guy who helped build the team that is going to play for this season was let go two days before the team that he built begins training camp. Then you hear stuff about, oh, you know, man's was moving kind of funny, not with the money, but with the honey. So, you know, a lot of things were happening behind the scenes and Call Anthony Towns on Media Day was obviously asked to speak for it because he is the face of the franchise um, until Anthony Edwards becomes whatever they think he's going to become. But as of right now, let's listen to Call Anthony Towns. What happened last week, it, it just added to the list. You know, it's just the same thing every single time. You know, it's something that's always leads to instability. And I joked about it the day before that I was like, man, it's been a real quiet offseason for Minnesota. It's very different. Made sure they had one left in the hat. So I've been through almost, I can feel like everything. Mm. Like I, I don't feel like I've not seen something. You know, I, I've been through everything. I've been through death mm. of a head coach who, who gave me this ability and this chance to play for Minnesota, and I'm forever grateful to the Saunders family, and I, I owe it my life in a way. Um, I've been through numerous front offices. I've been through numerous regimes. Mm. Um, I've, while being blessed to have so many great teammates to play with, I've also didn't have a chance to really build any true relationships with anybody because always instability, always change. Jimmy. I mean, I, I've been I've been through a lot. I mean, is he gonna mention Jimmy? And just it's, it's I think about it in my mind. I really been through everything you could think about. You know, uh, come on, from come on, Jimmy, come on. Like I said, front offices, coaches, players. Come on, Jimmy. Being COVID. COVID. That's just that's just now. That's. Well, yeah, you know, I've, been, too, I've been everything Jimmy. from defamed by teammates. Let's go. Been a well. scapegoat for people. <laughs> <laughs> just there's a Jimmy. There's, there's Jimmy. My own 
own personal life. Still in his head all I these mean, years shit later. Hasn't been easy since I came here. It really hasn't. It hasn't been easy for Carl Anthony, Anthony Towns, and uh, I still don't think I don't think he's top thirty in the league. But uh, I think at some point he's gonna have to get the fuck up out of Minnesota, and it might be sooner than later. And when you look at what he's had to endure, this front office now a rod. Is part, you know, not not Aaron Rodgers, Alex Rodriguez. A-Rod is part of the ownership group, and there's a lot of rumors about they're going to flip that team and get them back to Seattle, try to rebirth the Sonics. But the owner, Glenn Taylor, after letting go the VP of basketball operations on the eve, I thought it was two days, it was on the eve, on the eve of training camp, Glenn Taylor says it was the right time. <laughs> on the eve of training camp. That's the perfect time to let go your VP of basketball operations. Now, like I said, allegedly he had an affair with someone in the front office. The head of marketing is kind of being leaked out there. The head of marketing he had an affair with. He also was, you know, on some power hungry shit. He wouldn't let his assistant go into the gym. I don't really know what that means, but that's something that's being reported that he would not let his assistant so the assistant VP of basketball operations, he would not let his assistant go into the gym. I still don't know what that means. I mean, this this is the man that took Jared Culver sixth overall. When, when you think about what he has in Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell, and Carl Anthony Towns, he took Jared Culver with the sixth overall pick. Do your Googles and look at who was drafted after Jared Culver. There's some names there. So... If you're calling Anthony Towns, you got to be doing the countdown clock, right? There's no way he wants to be in Minnesota long-term, right? Like, he signed the two extensions, right? So he's he's on the verge of getting, like, the real Supermax, I believe. I don't know how many years. I have to double-check that. Uh, but I just can't see Carl Anthony Towns being there long-term. I mean, because wh- why would you? Why would you want to be there long-term? I mean, Jordan Woods be damned. It's cold as hell in wintertime in Minnesota, bro. She could try as she can. Try as she will. But nah, nah, that ain't enough. That ain't enough to keep me in Minnesota. I'm sure she don't even want him in Minnesota. I'm sure she's not trying to be up in Minnesota in November, December, January, February. Like, who's really trying to be in cold-ass Minneapolis during those months? Did you hear about your boy um, Schefter? The conflict of interest that he's wrapped himself up in? That involves capitalist hove in a roundabout way. So Schefter is coming out with, or he's a co-owner or co-founder, whatever, of a betting app. Right. The bluest of blue check boys is coming out with his own betting gaming app. And he's co-founding it with Robert Kraft. Right. So, let me run this back. <laughs> you have a football insider for the Fort Leonard Network who is co-founding a professional gambling app with the owner of one of the football teams that's going to be able to be bet on in this app. Huh. So, when... When Schefter has a lead on some information, 
big injury, big trade, and the lines on his site change drastically to the others, is that a problem? Do y'all find that to be a problem? Because that's what has to happen, right? You can't be Schefter and you're sitting on a piece of information that you know is going, is going to affect the lines in Vegas. But if you have your own sports book, you can affect your own lines. So how is this going to work? And how is this not a conflict of interest where this man is covering teams for a living, getting information from every single team in the league? How is that not going to affect the lines on his own gaming app? The fuck is going on with the full letter network? Like they have partnerships with the gambling sites and they have one of their own who has signed an exclusive deal to build his own shit. And he's doing it with one of the partners of the league that you cover and spend the most money. I don't, somebody make sense of this. How is Schefter able to get this off? This is a blue check boy move. That's next level shit. The overworked, the underpaid, now hiding behind the payball, now trying to assemble his own big three wishes. He could get this off. Schefter has his own gaming app. And he founded it with Robert Kraft, who is a billionaire who gets gifts from other billionaires who is seen as a status symbol to stand next to. Is Robert Kraft a job creator? Des? I mean, Robert Kraft has billionaires buying him cars and shoes. Is he a job creator? Have you been to Gillette Stadium? You see a lot of people that look like Des Bryant that's not cleaning the stadium or security? You let me know. But, you know, billionaire boys club, you know. Zion lied. I don't have the clip here because it's such a it's such a dumb clip and he sounds so over the top. There's something weird about Zion. I can't wait for him to be a Nick because y'all are going to begin to then really pay attention. He's, you're not really paying attention to him because he's in New Orleans, which is part of the reason why the league gave him to New Orleans because they have one of the lowest media. No, they have the worst media market. Then Memphis is right above them and that's why they gifted them him. They gifted Ja Morant to them. But you're not paying attention to him now. But you will in a couple of years when he becomes a Nick. And he said he loves New Orleans. He likes David Griffin. Da, 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 da. And David Griffin's under the hot seat. And it's interesting to see Zion's development. Because I still stand on my square. I think he's going to be a bust in terms of what people thought he was going to be. And I think it's going to be even more exposed when he comes to the Knicks. When he comes to the Knicks, the Knicks are going to put that savior label on him and he fails to live up to it. I want to see, I can't wait for the takes to come flying then. So I'm not going to go too deep on this pause, but I'm just putting that out there right now. I cannot wait for Zion to be a Nick because then they're going to realize, oh shit, this isn't, Number one option, bonafide, can't miss, elite level, all NBA super. So this ain't, this ain't that. Like, no shit. If you would have paid attention when he was in New Orleans, you would know. 
But leave it up to Knicks fans to prophesize it. You know, we had this in, in the group chat. You know, how long before Knicks fans say that Zion's better than Patrick Ewing? Or how long will it take for Zion to be considered a top five Nick? One playoff appearance? One facial dunk? One block into the fifth row? Signing day? That's what Nick fans are famous for. So, you know, how ugly of a core. If he's still here. No, Julius would still be here. Julius RJ Zion. Who cares? <laughs> you know what it is. Appreciate y'all for listening. Oh, this pie was a long one. Uh, yeah. It was a lot to get off. It's a lot. It was a lot. Appreciate y'all for sticking in there. Those who did, those who did not. Consuming parts. It's a lot to digest. If your fandom is hurt, I understand. If you feel a way, I understand. Podcast voicemail is there in the podcast description. If you want to get your shit off, if you think I'm off base, I'm out of touch, whatever, get your shit off. I'll play it here. You see, I got sounds now. I got a board now. I can make things happen now. I'm doing this on the road now. I can even do it in the hotel room. So, Appreciate y'all for listening. Uh, y'all know what to do. Spread the pod. Share the pod. Uh, podcast been nominated. Best sports podcast of the year. Uh, shout out to Not That Serious Podcast. They got Best Comedy nomination. So, you know, the gang is moving. We out here. So, support us. Support the vision. Support the movement. Black voices do indeed matter, despite what they say. And I'll holler at you next week. Probably from another hotel room. <laughs> All right, man. For the Sam D Podcast, I'm Sam Dismay Jr. I'm out.